It's speak for yourself, and wow, we got a football Monday. Can you believe it? Well, I also can't believe that Lamar Jackson is getting bucked with the Baltimore Ravens. He officially gave the Baltimore Ravens a deadline. Y'all know they're in contract negotiations for $250 million, the largest contract in the history of the sport that literally owns one day a week, several days now. Well, Lamar Jackson, he wants roughly $250 million, and he said, look, when the season starts week one, September 11th, I'm no longer negotiating. We made fun of Lamar Jackson because he's repped by his mom. Doesn't sound great in theory, but whether intentional or incidental, Lamar Jackson and the Jackson family are using the greatest tactics in negotiation. Number one, you have to make it seem like it's urgent, like the deal is going to expire. And number two, you got to make it seem like they're getting a good deal. And Lamar Jackson, that man who's just so fast you can hardly see him, he's doing everything that needs to be done in order to get the money that he wants to get. So I love that Lamar Jackson is giving the Ravens a deadline. But I got to talk to the squad at the desk, the most esteemed panel in all of sports television. That's Dave Hellman, NFL insider. My guy, don't leave me hanging or I will fight you. <laughs> Joy Taylor, co-host of The Herd. But Colin was a little jealous. I stole you for the day. And Bucky Brooks, the one and only. I heard you call the Jags game. Phenomenal job this weekend. Bucky, let me start with you then, big dog. Do you like Lamar Jackson giving the Ravens a deadline? Absolutely. Deals don't get done until you set parameters on when it has to be done by. When you put a deadline on it, now you put pressure to make it happen. And so when I think about Lamar Jackson heading to the regular season, no, 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 no. I'm not playing in the regular season without a new deal. And better yet, I'm not going to negotiate in the regular season. When I think about Lamar Jackson and what he's already accomplished in this league, we're looking at two young guys who've been paid recently. Mm -hmm. Josh Allen, Deshaun mm -hmm. Watson. By all accounts, Lamar Jackson's like, I'm more accomplished than both of those guys. I have an MVP, which Josh Allen doesn't have. I have more wins and more notable individual accomplishments than Deshaun Watson. What are we talking about? Let's get to the table. We know what the money is. It's going to be 45 plus. It may creep up to $50 million. Let's get it. I don't know what we're waiting on. So Lamar Jackson knows he has that. He also knows that franchise tag plus the second tag. We're talking about a hundred million guaranteed mm. at the minimum mm. over two years. So, how do you want to play this? Either way, you're going to pay me big money. So let's get it done. Show me the money. Joy Taylor, what you thinking? Uh, I like that he's putting a deadline on it as well for multiple reasons. One, he is negotiating it himself with his mother. So he can only negotiate with the GM of the Ravens. And that is something that you don't want to be doing once the season starts. Now, this is why you would have an agent so they can continue negotiating on your behalf. But this is the path that he's chosen. And that's that's his prerogative. I wouldn't do it this way. I have an agent. I like having an agent. I don't want to be in the room when people tell me what I'm not good at. Let <laughs> somebody else that. But there are also benefits to having an agent like they can negotiate when you're supposed to be focused on what you should be focusing on, which is football. So one, this takes away the distraction from Lamar Jackson. People like us who are talking about his contract won't be able to point to it and say, well, he's struggling because he's negotiating a contract. No, I'm not. It stops once the season starts. To Bucky's point, he's going to get paid regardless. And when you look at the numbers in comparison to the guys who have recently been paid, he absolutely deserves to be paid in that space. That said, obviously we're pointing to the Deshaun Watson contract, which we imagined was going to blow the market up because Deshaun hadn't played for a year. And as a reminder, they paid him that in the midst of yep. this controversy that's happening now. So when this first happened, that was my initial thought. Well, if I'm, you know, 
Lamar Jackson, if I'm Kyler Murray, if I'm any of these guys, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, any of these guys that are going to come through the ranks of getting paid next, that's the standard because I don't have 25 lawsuits for sexual misconduct. I have played. I have contributed. There are no questions about what what I'm going to bring right away because I'm already doing it. The only issue is it's the Cleveland Browns and nobody wants to do business like the Cleveland Browns, particularly the Baltimore Ravens, who the owner, Steve Bishotti, spoke about that contract and not liking the Deshaun Watson contract. But when you look at the numbers and his accomplishments and everyone's going to point to the playoffs, they're comparable to all these guys. I'm glad you used the word distraction. Dave, you have to deal with distractions for countless teams, being an insider, being a guy in the locker room. I think that Lamar Jackson's deal is going to be a distraction, whether it gets done or does not get done. Because if it doesn't get done, a guy like you has a notepad in the locker room. Oh, a guy like me. Sitting in front of <laughs> not, not, not everybody. It's just, in, it's just, just me. It's just, just you. Me. Okay, cool. Sitting in cool. front of Lamar Jackson's like, now, now Lamar, you, you didn't get the deal done. Ah, I feel like either way it's a distraction. Where do you stand? Don't you think that yeah. whether he quiets all the noise, it's a distraction either way? Of course it's a distraction either way. But And I think Bucky and Joy make the two big points. Number one, deadlines make deals. So you set a deadline to get something done. But what sounds like a bigger distraction to you? The money hanging over it? Or if he takes this thing into the season? I can't say I've ever seen anything like that. Like, just imagine. Imagine a world where every good Deshaun, uh, Lamar Jackson game, we're up here like, price of the brick just went up, man. Like, he just, he just threw for 380 and four touchdowns. And then every time he lays an egg, we're back here again saying... <laughs> 250 mil, huh? That's that's what you want, Lamar Jackson? Like, every single week, up and down and up and down we go. That is a distraction, is every single game the narrative changes about what he's worth. So, yeah, get a deal if you can before the season starts. But after that, he's making $23 million this year. He doesn't, quote-unquote, need the money right now. Just take it into the season because I think the last thing you want is the narrative of his worth changing every time the Ravens win or lose a game. I will say this. I love how Lamar Jackson has played it. Bucky, I don't know if it's been intentional. I don't care. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Um, I don't care how he's done it. I like that he's done it. I think about this. Whether you're scrolling Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, whatever you're scrolling, Joy, whenever you see these annoying ads pop up on your page, they do two things. Um, They instantly say flash discount. And they say, order within 24 hours and you get blank. They're trying to convince you of two things. One, urgency. Order it right now. And two, you're getting a good deal. That's negotiation one-on-one is trying to convince you of the urgency and the necessity of the bargain of something. Lamar Jackson, Bucky, has convinced the Ravens that it's imperative they do it by a certain date and that they're getting a good deal are the Ravens getting a good deal? Oh, they are getting a good deal because the market never goes down. Ooh. And I think here's what we're Thank seeing. Thank you, Bucky. Because Where were you last look, week? Look, and, and I, think, <laughs> I think the best thing that ever happened, Dak Prescott. See, because you know what the narrative was with Dak Prescott? Oh, my God, he better get his, he get his deal done. Oh, my God, if he goes out there and gets hurt, he's not going to get his money. But guess what? He got hurt and he got his money. <laughs> and so what Steve Bashada should learn from Jerry Jones is, oh, I don't want to pay that rate right now. I don't want to pay $30 million. No, I don't want to pay $33 because I, I don't know if he's worth it. Okay, we'll just keep playing this out. So now you end up paying $40 million plus anyway. So it's better to pay it, overpay him sooner rather than later because either way you're going to overpay because it's a quarterback. So you might as well give him his bread now because if not, he's going to be a $50 million guy and all of us are going to be up here screaming, I can't believe Lamar Jackson got $50 million annually. 
But he's going to get it one way or the other. Uh, I love your point. I love your point. So much to dive in on there. But even more important news, because the New York Jets lost their former first-round quarterback, Zach Wilson, this preseason. He was making a cut. Boom, there went his knee. Many thought it was an ACL. But thankfully, it is not. Supposedly a meniscus injury, meniscus damage. They submit two to four weeks. I've torn my meniscus before. You never really know. So what does that mean? Maybe the Jets need a quarterback. A quarterback may be a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo sitting on the bench in San Francisco, I think it makes nothing but sense. You got Robert Sala, head coach for the New York Jets. He was a former defensive coordinator for the 49ers. You have uh, one of the LaFleur brothers. I believe it's Mike LaFleur. Mike LaFleur is the OC for the New York Jets. He was formerly the passing game coordinator for the 49ers when the 49ers went to the Super Bowl. I think that it is brilliant for the Jets to consider Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it makes nothing but sense. I don't like that face you're giving me, Dave Hellman. Should the Jets consider Jimmy G? It's it's desperate, man. No, it's desperate, and it's fine to be desperate for a quarterback when you have something to gain. What do the New York Jets have to gain? Everything you just said is nice about the connections and everything. I think the part you leave out, Jimmy's under contract with another team. Jimmy's making $27 million this year. So you... A New York Jets team that uh, I, I'm sorry if this offends, like nobody expects to contend. I mean, they're the they're the probably the worst team in their division, right? Every other team in their division is better than them. True. They are not a playoff contender. They have a young quarterback they need to find out about. They also have a serviceable backup in Joe Flacco. Make your jokes if you want to, but he's mm-hmm. been there, done that. They won a game with Mike White, former Cowboy, by the way. Just throw that out there. <laughs> uh, so they have options, and they're not a team that needs. To contend, like if they were a playoff contender, if this was a Green Bay or a Cleveland, maybe I get it. This ain't that. This is a team. Like just go do what you can and wait for Zach to get back. No, it doesn't make any sense at all. Joy. Uh, yeah, they should consider Jimmy Garoppolo for for multiple reasons. One, they can move off of him after this year. Zach Wilson is not going to get moved on from this year, no matter how Jimmy Garoppolo would come in and play, because he is a young quarterback. So they're going to stick with him after this year, regardless of how this plays out. Now, I am a doctor. <laughs> no, I, I am. She is, she is, not a medical doctor. You should absolutely still call 911. There's nothing I can do for you. But I say that because I don't know what's going to happen with this knee. None of us do. So... You always want to err on the side of it's going to be longer, right? You don't want to assume that he's going to be back earlier, even though he might be. This is a desperate situation for the Jets. The Jets are desperate. Robert Sala is probably not going to be there after this year if they have another disaster of a season. So there are some desperate situations going on with this team. You can't just punt on the season because Zach Wilson is a young quarterback dealing with an injury that is also he dealt with last year. So I think it's I don't look at it as a desperate situation, even though it is. I think you should bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. You should alleviate some of the stress yeah. for the entire organization by bringing someone in. You know, you can move off of as soon as the season's over. You know, is a great vet, is a good guy in the locker room, isn't going to come in thinking this is his team. He's really just auditioning for the next team, which he probably should be because he just came off of a surgery. Let me try to synthesize this. Bucky, you have me a little bit nervous because you are staring so desperately at these notes. You're about to hit me with the haymaker. <laughs> but before you get to that. Dave, I got to contend with something you said. Please drink the coffee. You're going to need it. You're going to need to be hydrated. For <laughs> um, Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Mike White, the three quarterbacks for the New York Jets, Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Mike White. Since 2019, they have a 20% winning percentage, a 20% winning percentage. On average, they will win three games in a season. 
Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback who the, 49, who the Jets should acquire, in my mind, has roughly a 67, round that up to 70% winning percentage. On average, Jimmy Garoppolo will win 12 games out of 17. You say the Jets aren't contending for anything. They aren't. But why aren't they? Because they don't have a quarterback. They just have a great running back tandem, Michael Carter, plus you just got Brees Hall. Yeah. They have receivers. Garrett Wilson, dude, they're getting Corey Davis back. Corey Davis, 980 yards when the Jets acquired him last year. They have a defense. We know they got a defense. Drafted, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was it Sauce? Yeah, they got Sauce. They got Gordon. Sauce at the, the cornerback position. Johnson, then they got Jermaine Washington. Johnson out of Florida State in the first round as well. 11 sacks last year in college. We know they have that bad man up front, former first-round pick uh, from Alabama in, in Q up front. So the Jets have all the pieces. They just don't have a quarterback. It makes nothing but sense, Bucky Brooks, to me. So I'm apologize to the producers ahead of time. Uh-oh. Okay. Because when I called in and gave my notes, I was pro-Jimmy Garoppolo going. Uh-oh. But then what happens is on a walk here, I happen to do some research on the internet. <laughs> and I saw that Jimmy Garoppolo may not be the person that you want to date because he has a tendency to ghost you. After he gets what he wants, he has a tendency to disappear. And so I saw a report out of San Francisco where they said that as soon as he got his big money, they had a tough time tracking him down. So what I'm worried about is we desperately need Jimmy Garoppolo, but everyone on the staff is like, hold on. As soon as we get him on the line, we may not know if he's going to be okay. So as soon as he gets the cookie, I don't know what he's going to do with it because now he's in New York, and it's a bigger thing. So I'm worried about not Jimmy Garoppolo on the field. I'm worried about which Garoppolo is going to show up. Is he going to be focused and ready to do what he does? Because the limitations that he has as a player. Remember, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't like to throw outside the numbers. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy who – we all know if we play Jimmy Garoppolo, he's going to give us one because that's what he does. Of course. And so when you allude to the wins, what I will ask you is, is it because of or in spite of? Mm. Were the 49ers winning, 49ers winning because of Jimmy Preaching Garoppolo now. or were they winning in spite of? And so that same guy's going to show up in New York, and I don't know if he's going to make them better. Bucky, one of my favorite phrases, particularly relationally, ask me no questions, I tell you no lies. Oh. Oh. Bill, you don't ask me nothing. <laughs> I ain't got to lie to you about nothing. Um, Bucky, the problem is you're asking an unnecessary question. Are the Niners winning because of Jimmy Garoppolo or were they winning in spite of him? It don't matter. You, they was winning. You did a really beautiful thing a minute ago when you compared one of the deepest, best rosters in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers, lost a Super Bowl, had a lead in that game, yeah. came within a drop pick of another one. You compared them to the New York Jets. And you said a lot of, like, cool names. <laughs> Most of them are guys that haven't done anything. Sauce Gardner might be amazing. We don't know that. Same thing goes for Brees Hall. Same thing goes for damn near everybody on that team. I just don't think Jimmy G gives you enough that it's worth doing that. Here's my thing. I'm a big formulaic guy in the NFL. I love following formulas, Joy. What did the Patriots do to get success? Is there any way I can duplicate that to get success? Mm -hmm. Difficult, but I like to follow it. Remember when the Niners went to the Super Bowl? They had the only team in the NFL, three rushers with 500 yards, Two receivers with 700 yards. They had Emmanuel Sanders at the wide receiver position, and I believe it was George Kittle also had himself set, uh, yeah, 700. Debo was still or Debo was there as well. Then at the running back position, you had Mostert, you still had Tevin Coleman, and you had another dude that was a dog. Right now, the Jets have Tevin Coleman, they have Brees Hall, and they have my, uh, uh, Michael Carter. At the receiver position, you have Garrett Wilson, you have Corey Davis. I'm just saying, Dave, there are formulas that can be followed, and you have the scientists that were in San Fran or now in New York. It makes nothing but sense. Oh, Kyle Shanahan's still in San Francisco. Oh, I mean, let's that's, that's, again that's, just that, that's do it true. like doing a lot of work there, just like leaving very convenient <laughs> details out. <laughs> 
mean, look, I think the Jets could be a sneaky good team this year. If, if Zach Wilson was lost for the year and we knew that for sure, I might change my tune. But if he's going to be back by October, no, you got guys that can handle that. Joy, you're wearing Jets green. If the Jets were to get <laughs> Jimmy <laughs> Green. Really is more like Jacksonville green. Okay, I don't know how it's reading on camera. Okay? It's very Jets it green. Is green. It Go is green. Go with it. it if green. the Jets were to get Jimmy Garoppolo, could they actually make noise at minimum in their division? Yes, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback right now than Zach Wilson. I'm with you. They're not contenders. I think the Jets are probably going to end up being the worst team in the division. Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback right now than Zach Wilson. Will Zach Wilson end up being better than him? Maybe. We will see. But you're in a situation right now where you don't know what the, what, what the diagnosis is for Zach Wilson. Now, it could come back that he's good. He's going to be back in a week and sure. you know, we all overreacted. It's fine. He's going to be good. And then you don't have to talk about this. But if it's not, you can't force him back out there either because this is a knee that is clearly giving him issues. He had issues with it last year, and it was a non-contact injury. So it is something that you want to be delicate with, especially at the start of a, of a young player's career. So, again, I don't know what Jimmy will come in and do. I imagine he would be better than Zach Wilson because he is better than Zach Wilson right now. He has more experience right now. He's been in big games. Yes, we know the hangups with him. He's going to give the ball away. He's a little unpredictable. Sometimes he likes to throw his ball with his eyes closed. It doesn't work, but it's his thing. And he is also physically unreliable. But in a situation like this, if you have the money, you're not paying Zach Wilson anything. If it stabilizes the situation and just takes a little bit of pressure off of Robert Sala and off of Zach Wilson to have to come back because he's not going to lose this job regardless. Well, the Jets acquiring Jimmy Garoppolo, it is a far stretch. That's not the only far stretch that occurred this weekend because the Cowboys acquiring Antonio Brown would be one as well. But don't tell that to A.B. because A.B. told Jerry Jones, come get me, Dave. You are the resident Cowboys insider. Would it be crazy for the Cowboys to consider A.B.? Please, just please, God, no. Please, just don't. don't. <laughs> Hold some of that thought that on and me. that emotion because coming up, we're going to expand on it. We'll see what Dave has to say. And again, that's next. We all know Cowboys got a serious void at wideout. Traded Amari Cooper, James Washington went down. Enter Antonio Brown. He says he's willing to help the Cowboys out, telling TMZ, quote, hey, tell Jerry Jones to call me, close, quote. Now, at face value, on the surface, it seems crazy. But you got to get beneath the, the surface. All now, the way through. Get beneath all the, the surface. The Cowboys acquiring Antonio Brown checks off the two most important boxes for Jerry Jones. Listen to me for a second. First box for Jerry Jones, he wants to make noise. That's his first biggest box. He wants to be talked about. You know this better than anybody. Jerry has recently said it in a conversation I was a part of as well. Second box, Jerry Jones wants to be good. Antonio Brown makes noise. Antonio Brown is good. Now, the instantaneous pushback is this. Come on, Acho. AB's off the field issues. That's crazy. AB didn't want to play for the Buffalo Bills. He didn't want to wear a certain helmet when they were in Oakland, now Las Vegas. He had frostbite. He recorded John Gruden. He stripped his pads off and left the field. All of these incidents since 2019, wild. But think about who Jerry Jones has acquired for similarly wild incidents that were actually violent in nature, not just nonviolent like AB since 2019. You know Damian Wilson, linebacker, parking dispute, somebody got hit. How about Rolando McClain, Tank Johnson? Obviously, tragically, Greg Hardy. So before we jump and say, well, Antonio Brown, such a deviant, Jerry Jones would never. How could you say he would never? He has before, recently. 
Jerry Jones acquiring AB checks off two boxes. It's a splash and AB can ball. I don't think it's crazy, Dave. All right, we're having two different conversations then. Can I see the Cowboys doing it? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? It's the Dallas Cowboys. You can never rule that out. Would it be a good idea? That is where I'm at. And it would be absolutely insane, Acho. Like, completely crazy. One thing you glossed over there. He quit on Tom Brady. Tom Brady, who got to Tampa and was like, give me that guy. Hey, Bucks front office. I need what I need to win a Super Bowl. Give me A.B. And they got him. And he was all right for a little while. He helped him get to a Super Bowl. He quit on Brady in the middle of a game. The best ever. Who wanted him there just left the field. I mean, that really, on top of all of the off-the-field nonsense, like, that was on the field. So he is a distraction during a game. Absolutely not. And, and, and again, to go back to, we talked about this before. This is the Cowboys' biggest problem. They do things like this that get in the way of just kind of being quiet and successful. Like, they haven't had back-to-back playoff seasons in forever. You brought up Greg Hardy. Signed him after a very successful season He got into that locker room and was a big part of why the 2015 season was such a dumpster fire. Of course, Tony Romo getting hurt was the biggest part. Greg Hardy didn't help. You want to bring this guy into a room full of receivers who are very young and very impressionable. Even CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb is like the youngest receiver on that team, even as a third-year pro. You're going to bring him in there with a whole room full of guys that are learning how to be pros. You are asking for a disaster. Like, you're openly just begging for it to happen. It might be disastrous, but, Joy, we know Jerry Jones likes to play with fire because just like fire can burn you, fire can warm you for a moment. You said that A.B. quit on Tom Brady. He did, but you were there when we saw Des Bryant quit on the Cowboys. I like Des. He's significantly matured at this point in time. Des and I are cool. But Des quit on his squad a couple times, so I don't think that's going to be the biggest deterrent. I, I, I got to stand up for my guy 88 there. Like, I take he issue did. with that. He had to be escorted off of the field at the end of so a game. he had game. a private escort to quit on him. Congratulations. Was he, still on the, on. was he still on the team the next day? Joy. Was he still with the organization the next day? I'm done talking to you okay. right okay. now, Dave. <laughs> Joy Taylor, would it be crazy for the Cowboys to consider What's what? I'm with Dave. What's the question? Would it be crazy? Like, I would be shocked did the Cowboys did this? Uh, no, this is the most predictable Cowboys move, m- maybe that you could draw up. Does it make any sense football-wise? Is this a is this a good idea? No, it's not a good idea. He did quit on Tom Brady, and he didn't just have off the field issues randomly about helmets. He was sued twice for sexual assault. We're not just talking about him getting into it with John Gruden. There's, there's, I'm not going to go down the list here, but I happen to have it here, uh, the list of, of incidents. It's not short, and this is really not even diving into what happened with the Steelers. Antonio Brown has been an issue within locker rooms for a long time. We have mountains of evidence that this is not a situation that is going to work, and it's certainly not going to work long term. And to me, when you quit, not just quit on Tom Brady, when we all saw the video, it wasn't just that he quit on Tom Brady. You bad-mouthed Tom Brady, who is the only, the the, the sole reason you were in the league. Nobody else was picking up Antonio Brown. Tom said, I will will personally be responsible for Antonio Brown if you bring him in here. Yes, Antonio Brown can play football, but there has to be a value add to the position that you are bringing that is higher than the level of tolerance that we're going to have for who you are as an individual. And, And there's two other things. One... That All that being said, I don't like when owners come out with these big, boisterous statements. We don't need this. 
We are going to go with the guys we have. We believe in that's what Jerry said about this wide receiving core. And then you go and bring in someone not a veteran that you, you know, forgot was hanging out there that could, you know, come in and maybe steer things. You're bringing in Antonio Brown and for whatever it's worth, disrespecting and quitting on Tom Brady in this league to me should should say something about what you're bringing into the locker room. Because if he's going to do that to Tom Brady, who went out on a limb for him, what is he going to do to you? She don't need all your co-signing, Bucky. Look. I mean, I'm preaching. I'm preaching. Let the church say amen. You're preaching preaching to the choir, okay? I am a renegade. He just had a waiting to exhale moment. He basically burned up the car and walked out on Tom Brady. In the middle of the Jets stadium, he walked out. And so... Mike McCarthy is under siege right now because they had 17 penalties mm-hmm. in a preseason game. Mm-hmm. People are questioning the discipline that he's imposing on his team. And now you're going to bring in a wild card. Let's just say, like, understated, wild card, that commitment, accountability, trust, that's what teams are built on. We don't know if he's committed. We definitely know he's not accountable, and he's not trustworthy. There is no way the Cowboys can bring A.B. in. No way. Pause. Real quick, though, Bucky. Real quick. I got to All of you all are thinking with your logical minds. That's what you're supposed to do. That's how you're supposed to do it. You told me facts over feelings. Lasting in the football league, winning Super Bowls, (laughs) doing the unthinkable, all of those things are illogical. Bucky, you've been at a casino. What you know about the casino is this. If you're going to gamble, Joy Taylor, you got to gamble. I used to go to the casino. I was on practice squad. I didn't have real money. I had practice squad money. So I would play my little, my little table minimums. My boys would sit next to me, and they'd be like, hey, Acho, scare money, money don't, don't make none. Scare money don't make no money. Essentially saying, if you're going to gamble, gamble. Jerry Jones, he is a gambling caliber <laughs> owner at this point in time. He gambles on literally everybody. Tyler Smith, first-round pick. Gamble, because he ain't a lock. I watched him play guard when he played tackle in college. And I'm just talking at a basic <laughs> fundamental level. Oh, we don't need Randy Gregory anymore. Gamble. You know what, Amari Cooper? We're going to get rid of you and just let C.D. Lamb do it. Gamble. Everything Jerry Jones does but, is gamble, but, gamble, gamble. But, so why not keep gambling? By the way, Emmanuel Acho, great book, Illogical. Go get it. Silent plug. Thank you. Thank you. I, see, I, you know, I had to toss it out there. This isn't a gamble. This is a known. This is a guarantee, in fact. This is a guarantee, in fact. It's Do you think not the Bucs regret it? Because the Bucs won a Super Bowl. No. Sure, A.B. stripped off the field and did all them things. But he won a state Super Bowl. I'll tell you, I have it marked here on the notes. Because this is what it is. This is what it comes down to with Antonio Brown. And this is why it's a guarantee. Because the way that Antonio Brown functions is in a functioning culture and environment. When he was in Pittsburgh, he had something to prove. Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh is a culture. Pittsburgh has Mike Tomlin. Once he had proven himself, things then started to fall apart. And then you see that pattern throughout his career. Boom, 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 every single time. The reason it stayed together with the Bucs for the time that it did, and I don't think they regret it because they did win a Super Bowl. Here's where it fell apart. When he got in trouble for the fake vaccination card, mm-hmm. don't care what you think care about what you think about vaccines. I don't care. Tell your mom about it. I don't care. That's not <laughs> the point. The point is he got in trouble in Tampa Bay for the vaccine that the fake vaccine card. That should have been the moment. Okay, we're done. We're good. Thank you for your services. We're glad it went the way it did. But now you have crossed the line, and now you have to go. What did they do? They said they were going to be stern. Yeah. And then they said. Uh, 
you know what? This is a mistake. Yeah, yeah he hasn't done Welcome this a million back. times before. We yeah. haven't seen this every single time. It's different. It's us. Ah, it's my guy. What happens? Close off in the middle of the field. So <laughs> it, that, that is how it works with Antonio Brown. So it is a guarantee. It's not a gamble. It's a guarantee that he will do something to, to prove himself till some point, and then things will go okay. sour. I will, I will agree with Joy Taylor on this brilliant point that it is a guarantee at some point in time things with Antonio Brown will go sour. What every single person at this desk must also agree with me on is it is a guarantee that Antonio Brown will ball because he has never not balled a day in his life. That, I mean, that's that, that's that's a lengthy. He's never not a, balled. Uh, He's never not balled ever, Joy. He's never not, from 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 Pittsburgh, which you know where he had six seasons that we've never seen in the history of the game of football to playing in the Super Bowl where he scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Anywhere he's gone, he has balled. The, the irony is that he balled out against Dallas in the season opener last year. So, I, look, and the, the, I will say this one nice thing for you. <laughs> that sounds like Jerry Jones' line of thinking, honestly. Yeah. Like, like I, I, again, I can see the Cowboys doing it. I just hope somewhere along the line they've learned lessons about where to draw the line. Do I, do I have confidence that they've learned those lessons? Not really, but a guy can hope, right? Because I'm the one that's got to talk and write about it if they do. You're just trying to give me more work, man. Yeah, content-wise, for sure. But definitely. Do it. Go yeah. ahead, Cowboys. The name of the game, giving people more work. Oh, well, coming up, we got to talk about some guys that are in the heat of desperate work, work to try to win a job, whether it's Baker Mayfield battling with Sam Darnold, Mitch Trubisky, who's in a tight battle with Kenny Pickett, amongst others, Bucky, so many quarterback battles this offseason, this training camp. What's your one you're watching most? Drew Locke, Geno Smith. Who is going to replace Russell Wilson? Can they play better? Mm, Drew Locke, Geno Smith. We got to break down all the big quarterback battles of the offseason. That's next. We're talking about your quarterback. Speak for yourself. Welcome back to Speak for Yourself with my guy, Dave Hellman, NFL insider, knowing all things. Well, I need you to know something about these quarterback competitions. Huge battles. Who in the world is going to replace Russell Wilson? That's Geno Smith. That's Drew Locke. Mitch Trubisky, he's in the lead, but Kenny Pickett balled this weekend. I know you watched that game. Then Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold. Dave, can you break down some of these QB competitions for me? Who you think's in the early lead, Geno Smith, Drew Locke? Okay, I don't have to guess here because Pete Carroll's made it very clear. Like, probably part of the reason Russell Wilson is gone. Like, they want to play boring football, basically. No offense. Like, they want to run the ball and play good defense. They want a quarterback who's going to take care of it. Drew Locke turned it over at midfield in their preseason game against Pittsburgh. I lean toward Geno Smith. I think Pete Carroll's going to go with the guy who protects the football. Based on what I've seen so far, I lean Geno Smith. But don't you think you know what you're going to get from Geno Smith? He's been in the league, should be nine years now, left West Virginia in 2014 or 13, if I'm not mistaken. Drew Locke, on the other hand, he only been in the league about three. My Drew Locke celebrations go hard, and he has a big-time arm. Don't you still want to see some more? I mean, of course, like, there's two more preseason games. Like This could change. But all, all that stuff, that's that's my point. Pete Carroll doesn't care about upside or exciting plays. He wants to run the rock and play good defense. He just wants a quarterback that's not going to make the crucial mistake. If that's Geno Smith, but it's kind of boring, I don't think he cares. Bear, speaking of not making the crucial mistake, how about Kenny Pickett? I thought he was still in college Bruh. based upon how he played. 13 of 15, two touchdowns, no picks, game-winning drive. Talk to me about that competition. So prior to this weekend, I would have said that there's no way Kenny Pickett wins the job. Mainly, I just feel like I have a good read on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Mike Tomlin. It's this old-school organization, job security. 
The Roonies aren't going to bother him about the way he does this. They want a veteran guy who can step in and do the job. Don't rush the rookie into anything he's not ready for. He looked pretty ready for it to me, man. And so I still lean Mitch because, again, I think the Steelers just go about things that old school way. But I was in Dallas in 2016 when Dak Prescott took over in the preseason and lit the league on fire. Like, if, if Kenny Pickett does that one or two more times, I think it changes the whole conversation because what's the quickest way to succeed in the NFL? A rookie star quarterback who lets you build around him. And if he's that guy, cheap. if he's that guy and he's cheap, play him right away. If he looks like that, play him. I love that take. Brilliant. Okay, this is the most fascinating of them all. Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, both former first-round picks. Both have proven to be dudes at one point in time in their life, but somebody's got to prove it now. Early lead there. I'm just going to cheat because, honestly, neither one of them really played that much in the preseason opener. They both got, like, I think Darnold got two series, Baker got one. I just lean toward Baker Mayfield because he's new and shiny. And that's what I know about the Carolina Panthers is they've got no patience. Like starting at the top with their with their owner, David Tepper, like they got Teddy Bridgewater in there. Then they traded for Darnold. Then they, dra- they drafted a quarterback this year. <laughs> you forget all about that because then they went and got Baker. Like, does that strike you as an organization that's patient? Not to me. And so I just lean toward Baker because he's the new guy who hasn't been bad yet. And I think that's what will wind up happening. I like that point. Baker Mayfield, it's very telling that he only played one series in the opener through seven passes, looked competent enough. All of these gentlemen are in big time quarterback competitions. But you want to know who's not? First round pick from last year, Trey Lance. They call him one play Trey, but he might shake the nickname if he keeps balling like he did in the preseason game. Joy very quickly. Can Trey Lance make us forget about Jimmy G? Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking about Trey Lance all season long, whether he's good or whether he's bad. And we might have felt better about it if the teams did what I always tell them to do, which is start the young quarterback right away. Ah, I love it. We're going to expand on those thoughts and more. Can Trey Lance make us have amnesia on Jimmy G? Speak for yourself. That's next. Trey Lance was mighty impressive in the 49ers preseason win over the Packers. That included a 76-yard Bomb. No, not one, that one right there. Those are cute. These are cute passes. But he threw a bomb. I promise you, just take my word for it. There it is, right there. Danny Gray, third round pick out of SMU to the crib. Now, Trey Lance, I get it. It was just a preseason game. But since Kyle Shanahan has already given him the chair instead of Jimmy G, now I'm thinking, will Trey Lance make us forget Jimmy G? Now, Joy, I heard you going into break, but I just refuse to believe that anybody can quickly forget about Jimmy G. A Jimmy Garoppolo who has four postseason wins since 2019, four and two, one of only five quarterbacks with a winning record in the postseason. I refuse to believe that Trey Lance, the same Trey Lance that's only thrown 389 passes since his high school prom, only thrown 389 passes since his high school prom. I refuse to believe that that Trey Lance will make us forget about Jimmy G so quickly. Bucky, how quickly they forget, but not about Jimmy G. Where do you stand? Will Trey Lance make us forget about Jimmy G? I, I just happened to be in the Bay Area. Uh-oh. Yesterday I was dropping my son off at San Jose State, so I happened to go by the 49ers Pro Shop. And the Jimmy G jerseys were already 75% off. Don't do so that. I think don't they're trying that. to make us forget. No, and if there was another player on the team, they would already drop him in the number See. 10. He's already out. Trey, 
Look, they already talk about when they score touchdowns with Trey Lance's Trey area. Like, they're already oh, over, over it. It's done. It's already over. It's too good. So we saw it. Bigger, faster, stronger. Better playmaker at quarterback. It is all done. We got a little taste of it. The preseason game, they're throwing it, doing all the stuff. You saw Kyle Shanahan smiling. He hasn't even got to the back part of the playbook to allow Trey Lance to really do his thing. By midseason, we won't even know who used to be the quarterback for the 49ers. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. Not of you. I'm ashamed of Bay Area fans. Yes, Heller, our producer. Yes, you, Colvin, <laughs> our other producer. Because you know what it took Steph Curry and Clay Thompson to earn a nickname? Championships. <laughs> Splash Brothers. You know what it took Jordan Poole to earn a nickname? A championship. It's a pool party. Trey Lance throws 176-yard oh. bomb in the preseason against a special teams defensive back that Rich Passaccia, special teams coordinator for the Packers, brought over with him from the Raiders. He beats a DB that's a special teams ace, and now we're going to trade area. Yeah. Miss me with okay. all of that. All of it. Hear, hear me out. And I actually agree with you, but. Thank you. Trey Area is dope. Like that is that is a dope nickname. No, I mean like I can't lie. I think I think both of those things can be true though. I, I actually and, and I'll tell you why. Kyle Shanahan himself. I was reading Peter King's column, Football Morning in America, mm-hmm. this morning. Kyle Shanahan expects Trey Lance to take lumps. You, he, he hasn't played a lot of football. He's going to make mistakes. There are going to be up and downs. So I agree with you. Put some respect on the ability of Jimmy Garoppolo to get them to a Super Bowl, to get them on the cusp of another, I have a very hard time believing it's going to be Mahomes-esque for Trey Lance, just in the sense of just going straight up. It's going to be up and down. But the highs? going to be high. The highs are going to be fun as hell, man, because he's, like, he's got that arm. He can scramble. He can run. He looks like a linebacker. When he does something fun, it's going to lead shows like this and be viral on Twitter in a way that Jimmy G never was. So, yeah, when it's good... They're going to forget him in, with a quickness, but it, it is, it is going to be rocky if I had to guess. Joy, didn't, doesn't Colin constantly say something about quarterbacks with nicknames? Like, I remember he vehemently uh, hated that Andy Dalton was a red rifle. I think he says that, like, <laughs> you have to, like, earn them. You do, he does feel like you have to earn the nickname, although Trey Area is not a nickname for Trey. That is his name, and they're having a little fun with it. Also, I don't fault fans for enjoying their team's success. That's what you're supposed to do. The team isn't doing that. Obviously, the stadium mm. antics are encouraging <laughs> it. But good, you should you should support him. This is what it's about. This is why you traded up three first-round picks to get him, because he is the future. I think there just needs to come a bit of an acceptance when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. I like Jimmy Garoppolo more than most, but the market is, A, telling you what they think about Jimmy Garoppolo. If you are a hot commodity, people will be calling for you. People will be trying to get you. That's not happening. He's still with the Niners. So as much as I like Jimmy Garoppolo or you like Jimmy Garoppolo or we probably should respect what Jimmy Garoppolo has done in the postseason despite his injuries and all the, all the rest of it, it's just clearly not going to happen. The league is clearly <laughs> looking at Jimmy Garoppolo like, y'all are seeing something different than we are seeing. So we are not going to go out on a limb for him. We are not going to trade a bunch to get him. We don't need him. We like what we have. So I can like Jimmy Garoppolo a lot. The market dictates it. When it comes to Trey Lance, yes, it is going to be rocky because he's played in two actual regular season NFL games. He is a rookie. But to my te- point that I made in the tease, this is why I like for teams to start young quarterbacks right away. I don't like the playing the veteran guy and letting them sit and learn how to be a pro. 
go, go play football. I don't, there's certain things I don't think that you get better at by watching other people do it. You can learn how to be a pro. You can learn how to prep for a show. You don't get better at doing a television show by watching other people do a television show. You don't. You can learn how to do it. You can learn things that you can put in your routine, but reps are what matter. So I, that's what I believe when it comes to these young quarterbacks. I understand Trey was very raw. He hadn't played. He had a COVID situation with the school and hadn't played in a long time. But we would know a whole lot more about Trey Lance right now and wouldn't be speculating about it and wondering if he's ready and wondering if it's going to be Jimmy's team or are they really going to trade him if they had played him last year? Mm, well, hopefully they do get better. They don't need to get that much better, though, because they knocked out the Cowboys last year in the playoffs <laughs> in Dallas. Arsh. Now, Dave, Arsh. you were watching the Cowboys-Broncos preseason game. I was watching it, and I thought this. The Cowboys led the league in penalties last year, and they still didn't win a playoff game. They had 14 penalties in their playoff loss to that team we were just talking about, the 49ers. The Cowboys had 17 penalties in their season opener. For over 100 yards in penalties, there is a saying in football, and I hope that you commit it to memory right here, right now. You are either coaching it or you are allowing it to happen. Mm -hmm. At this junction in time, the Cowboys are either coaching their players to have penalties, which is asinine, or they're allowing it to happen. Is this the year that the Cowboys get unseated, I guess, from the NFC East? At least that Dak Prescott does because Dak has dominated the NFC East for so long. Can I have permission to speak out of both sides of my mouth? However oh, you want to speak, big look, dog. I was there. It was a waste of five hours of my life. It was, it was, even by preseason standards, it was atrocious. 17 penalties is almost triple the number of any other team. Mm. The average. The yeah. league average was six and a half. Cowboys had 17. Awful. Dak Prescott wasn't playing, and neither were any of the other guys that are going to dictate the Cowboys' season. I get Smith. Well, okay, you got me. You got me with the rookie <laughs> playing in his first NFL action. Like, the meaningful members of the Cowboys roster sure. were wearing ball Absolutely. caps. It is a problem that they need to work on, clearly. For that to be their first showing after the way the season went and ended, awful. Terrible. That's on Mike McCarthy to figure out. I'm still not sweating it when that guy behind me, who's 25-6 yeah. and six against the NFC East, mm. didn't do anything. And uh, look, the Eagles have gotten a lot better. I do think it'll be a closely contested race. This won't be one of those years where we're handing Dallas a division in late October, early November. This is a quarterback's league. Jalen Hurts against Dallas has not been great, my man. He's turned the ball over five times. He has been the guy that's made the plays in those games that lost, in the ga lost them the game. Goal line interception in 2020, pick six that blew the game open last year in week three of the season. I'm not convinced he's ready. I am convinced Dak Prescott owns the NFC East, and I'm just going to keep thinking that until I'm proven wrong. Well, I mean, that's, that's the take because we all have played sports. It doesn't matter what we play, kickball, softball, t-ball, whatever. There's a, there's a time and a place where you come up against somebody that you know and they know that you own them. And so that's Dak Prescott. Whenever he looks around the division and he's going to face Carson Wentz, he's like, oh, you know, I got this. He's going to look at Daniel Jones and he's not even. <laughs> and then he has Jalen Hurts, who's a clone of himself. So he's not quite ready to be who Dak Prescott has been for the Cowboys. And so when you have an 80 percent, you win 80 percent of the time you play your division rivals. 
Yeah, Dak Prescott, they have that within the division. It's just can they get enough wins outside of the division to own it? Boy, the Cowboys love winning this division, don't they? They don't do nothing else, but they love winning the <laughs> NFC East. The NFC East has not had back-to-back champs 03, since 0304. It is. So we can talk all about this, how Dak owns the NFC East, and he does do well against the division because that's what the Cowboys like to do. But they haven't had back-to-back champs, and a big reason for that is obviously quarterback play and because this is uh, one of those divisions where there tends to be two teams that are terrible every single year, which might be the case again this year. I do think Washington will be a little bit better, but this will be a close division. I agree with you all year long. But I don't think that this is just Dallas's division. The Eagles have gotten a lot better, and they should not sleep on what they've done. Dallas, preseason, you don't want to get too crazy. If this happens during the regular season, though, they can kiss this division goodbye. No doubt about it. I'm a little concerned only because, yes, it's the preseason, but if my starters struggle with penalties and my backup struggle with penalties, then it's just a team issue. My team's going to struggle with penalties. Nothing worse in football than giving away free Yards. Coming up, we're still talking football, but it's time I got to have a serious conversation with coaches, parents, administrators about youth football. You got to make sure it stays focused on the youth. My final thought that's next. Speak. It's time for my final thought, and my heart is broken as I share this one as Mike Hickman was shot dead at his nine year old son's youth football game outside of Dallas and Lancaster. Now, I grew up playing youth football in Dallas. So this really hits close to home. I dare remind all parents that this is youth football, not adult football. It's about the kids. I dare remind all parents that you can't go straight from a fourth grade youth game to the National Football League. No scholarships are going to be handed out at any of these games and the volunteer coaches are just that, volunteers. Let's please remember that the focus of these youth leagues are for fun, and for development. They are not to go pro, and surely they are not to be witnesses of life being lost. Keep the main thing the main thing. We'll see you next time.